0: Hallelujah. Book of Exodus, chapter 25. We're going to be reading from verse uh, 10 through to 16. Years ago, my father and I were doing a lot of building for a, a Romanian people. And uh, this was a Romanian community that uh, was very tight knit. And we were building this one man's house and it came to the point where uh, they had to lift a lot of uh, lintels onto the uh, pillars that we'd been building. And uh, generally at this time you would have um, the uh, builder organize a crane that would then come and pick up these t bars that were very heavy and very long and would throw them on top of the pillars so then obviously we would carry on with our work but this particular builder uh, basically called about 10 of his romanian friends and these weren't like you know 21 through to 30 These were like 50, 60, sometimes as old as 70. And these men in their overalls, in their work boots uh, uh, came in and they began to shoulder uh, all these lintels and throw them on uh, the pillars. I began to think about it, how important it is when it comes to shouldering the responsibility and Generally, when we spread out the weight, it becomes easier for us to be able to uh, maintain the weight. In the passage of Scripture that we're about to read, the people of God had gone through an exodus and now being established and uh, God is beginning to instruct the people of God at uh, the various different uh, things that would transpire while they're in the wilderness, and it is at the point now where God begins to describe the dimensions and what the Ark of the Covenant would look like. I want to preach to you a sermon entitled, The True Testimony. Out of the book of Exodus, chapter 25, verses 10 through to 16. The Bible says these words, And they shall make an ark of acacia wood. Two and a half cubits shall be its length, and a cubit and a half its width. And a cubit and a half its height, and you shall overlay it with pure gold. Inside and out you shall overlay it, and it shall make on it a, a molding of gold all around. You shall cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side, and two rings on the other. And you shall make poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark that the ark may be carried by them. Uh, The pole shall be in the rings of the ark, uh, and they shall not be taken from it. uh, And you shall put put into the ark the testimony which I will give uh, to you. The true testimony. I want to look firstly this evening uh, at taking responsibility. Now when God created the universe, He left all of His creation in the capable hands of, Of man Adam being the first man began to name the animals began to tend after the garden in Genesis 2 15 then the Lord took a a man and uh, put him in Garden of Eden and uh, he had to tend and keep it and so this was the great responsibility of man in regards to God's creation this is an understanding that we can draw from this, that we were not created to be lazy couch potatoes. We were designed to be able to take care or tend what God gives us. And what, is, what this passage of Scripture is describing is something that ultimately would be carried on the shoulders of the priests. This would be the testimony of God verse 10 and 11 and they shall make an ark of acacia wood two halves and a cubic shall be its length and 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 a cubit and a half its width and a cubit and a half its height and shall overlay it with pure gold inside and out and shall overlay it and it shall make on it a molding of gold all around and so this wasn't just a box this was no ordinary box. This would ultimately be uh, the very instrument that would carry uh, the, very pre- the testimony of God. Uh, and what's significant about it is that it would be carried upon the shoulders of the priests. The Levite priests, Numbers 4.15. And when Aaron and his sons had finished covering the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, when the camp is set to go, then the sons of Kohath shall come to carry them... Uh, But they shall not touch any holy thing lest they die. These are the things in the tabernacle of which the sons of God are to carry. And so here you have to understand that God, in His uh, wisdom, has created Uh, a man to be able to bear the responsibility of his presence, of his testimony. Uh, And these weren't just ordinary men. These would be the priests, the Levites, uh, that would be dedicated uh, to be able to bring uh, the very testimony of God everywhere where the camp would then uh, reside and then would get up and move to the next location. Uh, The Ark of the Covenant would be carried upon the shoulders of these men. This ark would be the very instrument where God's testimony would reside. Now today, the significant parallel of this is that we become the priests and the testimony of God is carried in and through our lives. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you. And so what you have to understand is now we have been given the responsibility to be able to carry the very presence of God, the very spirit of God, and wherever we go, ultimately people who are around us, who do not know about Jesus Christ, who have not heard about Jesus' death, burial and resurrection, will come firsthand in contact with that reality because we are carrying the very testimony of god jesus uses this imagery with his disciples when he sent them out into the neighboring cities in luke 10 8 9 the bible says jesus said whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, uh, and heal the sick there, and say to them, uh, the kingdom of God has come uh, near to you. And so we have ultimately a uh, uh, being uh, commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, but we are not doing this in our own strength. We are not doing this uh, with our own, in our own ability, uh, at our own uh, uh, wisdom. But ultimately, we are carrying the very testimony of God that would be able to bring healing to each and every person that comes in contact with us. This is what we would call shouldering the responsibility. And what's interesting about this is that as God begins to create the Ark of the Covenant, He makes four rings so that poles would be going through those rings and that ark would be carried upon the shoulders of the Levites. This was not designed to be carried by one person. The gospel isn't just so that someone can just share just one person. But rather at minimum it is four men that ought to be carrying the ark of the covenant... And here is the challenge for each and every single one of us as Christians to take the responsibility on our uh, by our, uh, uh, you know uh, take on this responsibility and shoulder uh, the very burden that it takes to be able to bring the gospel uh, into uh, the world that we live in today. So I want to look secondly this morning, uh, this evening at carrying the ark. When we think about our responsibilities in this world. Generally, most people think, okay, I need to look after my family, I need to look after my kids, I need to look after my friends, I need to look out for those around me, some colleagues, and generally, it ultimately goes without saying, but you know, sometimes it needs to be said, but God comes first, Right? God always comes first. He is ultimately the one who has given us life and we are so in debt to his blessing in our being involved in our lives. The truth is is that how quickly when it comes to a circumstance in our life that we ultimately instead of praying, instead of seeking his face, we're drawn to just action and we miss many times bringing God into our situations. I read a quote that said, a man's true strength comes in his ability to know what weight needs to be carried and what weight needs to be let go of. I want you to think about that because this is where ultimately we're challenged in the Word of God. Psalm 63 verse 1, O God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. This is the psalmist that is writing, is saying, I need you as a part of my life. This is not just a a part-time thing. This is not what I do as a hobby. You are my reality. You are my life. You are everything Uh, to me uh, and I will seek you early and I will want to know you. Matthew uh, 6 verse uh, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness uh, and all these things shall, shall be added unto you. We know the word of God challenges us to put God first, to be able to carry him and put him in every single circumstance. And this is what you need to understand this evening, God wants to be a part of your life. When He's not, it's generally because we forget. Can anybody say amen? God wants to be carried into every instance of your life. If you think about early on now, as the people of God are carrying the Ark of the Covenant into the Promised Land, the Bible says that the first thing that was carried over the Jordan was the Ark of the Covenant. Joshua 3, verse 6, the Bible says, then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. What you have to understand is that millions and millions of people are going to be crossing into the promised land and the first thing that's going to touch the very promised land that's going to touch the very destiny they're going to step into is the presence or the testimony of God. And so what we have to understand is that this is to be carried first into every circumstance of our lives. This is the very reality that caused the wet ground to become dry and caused stability to be a part of the first few steps in the children of Israel's experience when it came to the promised land think about the significance of this if god's presence is not there there is no stabilizing factor you will waver you will you know you forget you will go astray you will go you will miss out but here is god revealing this powerful imagery that when you carrying the presence of god there is a stabilizing factor that will be able to help you to cross safely The second reality of this has to do when Israel was facing Jericho. The priests, the Bible says, were to hold the Ark of the Covenant as they marched around their enemy. Let me read to you the passage of Scripture, Joshua 6, verse 8. So it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram horns before the Lord's advance and blew the trumpets and the ark of the covenant, the Lord uh, followed them. Now here what's significant about this is that we all have enemies. We all have circumstances in life that will try to resist you stepping into all that God has for you. But if you fail to bring the presence of God into your battle, you will not have victory over the enemy. That it is very surprising to me that something happens in your family. The kids get sick, the car breaks down, and we forget to get get on our knees and pray, God, I just need your wisdom. We begin to fret about work, and instead of crying out, God, you need to move on my finances, we commit ourselves to 24 hours a day working and making sure that the finances are without even consulting God. When we forget to carry His presence into every instance of our lives, the truth is, and we've all experienced this, as trouble arises. It's shortly after they cross and ultimately have a great victory over Jericho. Momentum is building. They had a slight reversal with I, but then ultimately... uh, continuing momentum and the people of God are in a position where people are worried about their lives and as a result, it's a people by the, the Gibeonites that heard all that God was doing through the children of Israel. They wanted to preserve their lives and so they pretended to be from a faraway nation. They approached them having worn out shoes, tatty clothings and little to no water and approached the people of God, Joshua being there and asked them to sign a covenant with them so that they wouldn't kill them. And the Bible says that in Joshua 9.14, the men of Israel took a, some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. In other words, they made a treaty with the enemy. They didn't even ask God. You know, when you don't invite God into every instant of your life, you'll make covenants with things that will destroy you in your life. This can be friends, these can be colleagues, these can be careers, you sign a contract, not a problem, I agree, yep, the terms seem, oh, what's this fine print here? You don't even begin to read the fine print. God says they didn't even consult. And inability to carry God's presence into every situation will cost you in the long run. And here is what's significant about the Ark of the Covenant God purposely put four rings. You have to carry this, this is your responsibility. If you do not understand this, if you even try to neglect it, you just, you know what, I, I, I want somebody else to live my Christian life for me, it will not work. The very testimony of God has to be carried on the shoulders of his people. So I want to look thirdly and in closing at keeping the testimony. What you have to understand is the devil knows the power that the specific presence of God and a testimony of God carries. In Revelations twelve eleven, the Bible says, "...and they overcame him." "...by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death." And what's, what's significant about this text is that when it came to uh, opposing the devil, it wasn't charisma, it wasn't a, 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 a wise strategy, it was the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And so what you have to understand is ultimately this is where God wants to operate in your life. Now the devil, knowing the power of the presence or the testimony of God, will try to hinder so that you ultimately forget He will use distractions, He will cause uh, commotions, Uh, He will spark up uh, fires or some sort of distraction uh, so that you forget or or you even misplace focus uh, and step into a battlefield uh, without consulting God. And what we need to understand is that fighting is something that every Christian needs to do that every day we are challenged to uplift the name of Jesus Christ and there's a reason why it's called bearing your cross because it's not an easy thing. It is something that you are going to have to physically take upon and bear the responsibility of shouldering on your own strength and while you are doing this, you are crying out, God, help me every step of the way. But know this, that every day that you carry the cross, the devil seeks to take that off you. Oh, you don't have to go to church all the time. That's too heavy for you to carry. Calm down. Don't be so passionate. Another impact team. Do we really have to go and impact another city? Another witness. Come on, you don't have to read your Bible today. You're tired. God knows and understands. Every time that we go to uplift and keep the true testimony of God alive, it will be met with the opposition trying to keep us from understanding this responsibility. I was reading an interesting passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel. And again, it's in regards to the Ark of the Covenant. The children of Israel once again were facing the Philistines, a prominent enemy that they would face time and time again. And Israel stepped into battle at Ebenezer without the presence of God. In fact, what happens is they begin to lose their friends, their family members. One by one, they begin to die and begin to lose in the battle. uh, And there they realize they have not brought the Ark of the Covenant. uh, And so they sent back uh, to Shiloh to be able to recover or bring the Ark of the Covenant uh, so that ultimately they would then have the victory. But see, the problem is, is that while they were bringing it, there was something that was amiss. This was plan B. This was an afterthought. This wasn't the heart of the people. They weren't saying, we need God. They now hit a bad Position a bad spot in their Christian life, and they've saying, "God, you need to help us." In verse four, it says that the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. Now, if you do your study on the two sons of Eli. They weren't good representations of the people of God. In fact, these were immoral men. And they're the ones carrying the Ark of the Covenant. They've got the Jesus fish. They've got John 3.16 tattooed on their chest. But they're as carnal as the devil himself. And the Bible says that in that battle, they lost the Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God left. You know, if you want to keep the presence of God in your life, it starts with keeping a right testimony. You know, you could probably be a fake Christian for a while, and I I won't be able to know, you know. Chances are most of the brothers and sisters in the church won't realize. You can come to church, hallelujah, sing hallelujah. But I tell you what, when the battle starts to rage, you begin to hit a few snags, all of a sudden, the true you will be revealed. The tragedy is, is that here were these two carnal men couldn't even defend, the, I mean, couldn't even stand up for the presence of God and say, you're not taking this. You're out of your mind. How did do, how do two priests go, yeah, okay, well, we forfeit. Why are you still, how is this happening? They lost their testimonies. You know, when you lose your testimony... It's very hard to regain it back. You know, you, you're there and you're, you're a Christian, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love the Lord Jesus. And then you stub your toe and you're like, ah, blankety, blankety. And you're oh, oh I thought you were a Christian. Easier to try to keep it than try to regain it. The second mistake is ultimately going into battle in our own strength. You know, you're not designed naturally to be a Christian. And the devil doesn't really genuinely believe that you are wholeheartedly saved. And so for you to keep your testimony, you must understand something that you are not going to make it to the end unless you are relying wholeheartedly on Jesus Christ. That every day it's going to require you to seek Him, to cry out to Him. To say, God, am I right in your eyes? Created me a clean heart. Lord, search me, O God. Know my heart, because I know me. I desperately need you. It was in the book of Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 6. The Bible says that God answered This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, that this is the only way that you are going to be able to make heaven your home, maintain the testimony of a righteous God, and this is where I want to draw our understanding this morning, that the source of our power is linked to our testimony. And the testimony that you are able to uphold this evening is a testimony that our God is a true God. That our God is an all-powerful God that our God is a loving God, an all-knowing God, a God that is able to uh, restore, he's able to heal, he's able to break every chain, and that is the testimony that ought to be taken upon the shoulders of the men and women that love him without wavering, but rather going forward and saying, I am taking the, the responsibility, I'm going to walk in this understanding, and I'm not going to allow Anything or anyone to stop me from being a good testimony to God for God verse 16 and you shall put in it into the ark the testimony in which I give you you know the longer that I'm saved the more that I appreciate and love to hear other people's testimonies how would you get saved? When did you get saved? What happened? Why? Because that's the power there. The demonstration of God's love. Our ability to remind the devil who he is and the God that we serve will only be strengthened by the incredible testimony that God gives us. I encourage you, what God has done in your life, share it. Proclaim it. Even if it's small testimony, oh, well, you know, God hasn't blessed me with a million dollars. Well, you know what? He's given you a job, so that's a good start. Oh, well, you know, I'm not, but you're, you're alive. Every day above ground is a good day, I think. We give Him praise because that's the testimony that honors him and ultimately advances the kingdom of God. I want to encourage you. What we're a part of is a movement of God. And this is what has sustained us as a fellowship, as a people, that we are in every city and in every church taking responsibility to carry the true testimony of who God is. He is a God that is able to move supernaturally in any life and there is nothing impossible for Him. Let's be the bearer of that testimony. Let's go into our city. Let's go into our workplaces. Let's share it with our family and let's see what God does as we share the true testimony of who God is. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.